Welcome to listen to this podcast series called Tips for Producers. In this series, we talk about topics related to event industry with guests who are involved with events or the industry itself. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Tips for Producers. And today we have as our guest Samu Harper from Sunrise Avenue, and we are going to talk about how to become or how to build an international success story for your band. Samu, welcome. Thank you. So, if we can <coughs> go straight to to business, could you briefly tell us about who you are and uh, what is Sunrise Avenue in case there's listeners or viewers who doesn't know your band yet? So, um, Samu, I'm 43 years old and uh, I've been uh, enjoying uh, a great journey with my band Sunrise Avenue for, depends on how you put it, like 26 years actually. I was 16 when I established it and uh, 2006 we released the first album and after that we've been on the road pretty much constantly for, that makes 14 years. We've sold, depending on how you look at it, like 3 million albums and we've played I don't know how many shows and actually we are ending uh, our trip together next summer in in August in Helsinki after the farewell tour but uh, six albums and uh, yeah a lot of I think 31 countries um, and yeah amazing stuff from small to big and big to small and back and forth but uh, yeah and the music style is whatever you want to call it it's like it's actually music it's band music so As where far you, as it goes. Okay. Where did you come up with the idea of Sunrise Avenue at first place? Uh, I fell in love with music when I was probably like 12, 11, 13 or something. And uh, I was 16 years old. I was in uh, in comprehensive school in eighth or ninth grade or how, wherever you are at that time. And yeah. and then we used to play songs with my friend, with uh, this guy called Jan. And then we started performing at events and then somebody just said like uh, you should have a name to your band and we're like why <laughs> you know because we're already getting the girls and getting the applause so why do we need a band name yeah. and then uh, this friend of mine just said like you should call yourself sunrise just makes makes you more cool than just playing together without a name and then i i just loved music i just kept on playing and then at some point i realized that we need a bass player for the variety of the songs and and for more uh colors in in music and then a drummer and then keyboards and then everything else we have nowadays but uh, it was like a organic development process in a way there was never like an idea of what it should be in the very end i was just following my heart and uh, people were coming and going i think there have been 22 musicians in sunrise avenue so there's been different guitar players, different keyboard players, and um, there's been many different concepts as well. Sometimes we have 70 people, uh, string orchestra or, or uh, uh, horns behind us or percussions or something. So the concept was never set to stone in a way, but I think the core is five guys, drums, keyboards, guitar, bass, vocals. Uh, are there any else original members of the band still? Uh, than you? Well, if you look at it uh, from the first album, drummer Sami and bass player Raul are there. But uh, from the early times 
and even from the times when we changed the name from Sunrise to Sunrise Avenue, nobody is left. But uh, okay. maybe my face was a bit too much to look <laughs> every day. I don't know, but no. But now it's been as it is for the last ten years. Okay. So you said that you've been all around the world, thirty-one different countries. So, so there must be some sort of success factors behind it but how how you have built your band and your business so could we go a bit to the business side so could you like determine some sort of success factors and have you ever thought about it that why did Sunrise Avenue become so popular than than it is nowadays well that's the that's the formula or concept the whole music industry is trying to uh, solve every day but um I think the if you go to the content side or the music side, you have to do something that uh, nobody else is doing. So you have to follow your own kind of a weird, even though Sunrise Avenue is a typical pop rock band. Yeah. There's nothing special in a way, but compared to other pop rock bands in Europe, for example, we have a definitely like a Finnish stamp on the melodies and uh, maybe my pronunciation is, is actually a lot different than uh, my colleagues from the UK or US. And I never was ashamed of my, uh, let's say, uniqueness, even though it makes me look very Finnish or Scandinavian. Yeah. Uh, I think with good music, it can't go wrong. Or with poor music, no matter how great your plan is, it can never go right. So you have to, uh, it sounds like a cliche, but make music you really love yourself. And I have really loved uh, every song of Sunrise Avenue on the way. Maybe the love has died for some songs at some point, but uh, <laughs> yeah. at least on the release moment. On the business side, um, that's as tough as the as the music itself. I really heavily believe in the in strong partners. So you should have very very good players in your team. It goes uh, with ice hockey or football. Yeah. But the fact is actually that you also have to have people who are committed to your program and your project as it is. Of course, they can challenge you and develop you and bring new ideas whatsoever. But uh, let's say that you should find players as big as possible who truly believe in you. Mm -hmm. So if I would go to Warner Music USA, they would probably not like me as I am or in the in the early days and they never felt the the power or potential in Sunrise Avenue. So they were the wrong people to talk to. So I had to go to record companies 102 times before I got a deal to the band. And I was not uh, looking for an answer. What should we do? I was already doing it. I was actually knocking on doors and trying to find the people who like the project we have. So um two sides make music you love make it as good as you can and like challenge yourself and like take it to places you've never been to but always ask yourself the question is this something that i want to perform on stage and is is this something that i want to i don't know be played by radios um uh, with my face on it yeah. and then on the other side find the best record company best publisher best agent possible who's willing to play in your team. Don't try to sell your soul or sell your art because you want to have the uh, Sony logo on your album booklet. But if Sony really loves you, I think it's better than a small player because they have more power. So if you want to be big, you have to play the big boys game. So how much did it take time? You said 102 meetings before you got a deal. So on a, on a timeline, how, how long did it take? 
I guess it was like three years or even more. Uh, there was also agents and the publishers and stuff in Finland and in Sweden. Uh, it took time, but it was also like a very valuable, I don't know, university of music business because I got to meet everybody. I was yeah. knocking on the doors. They were hating me already, of course. And like, <laughs> course again, so. that guy with long legs and the laptop playing the yeah. same old stupid demos. <laughs> yeah. But I was also sucking all the feedback they gave to me. Yeah. And uh, also asking them for development ideas and like maybe people that I should work with. Mm. And I don't know, it was like building my product at the same time as I was trying to sell the product that I already already had. Yeah, so so there's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts, but there's been stories where people, somebody writes a song that has been produced and then somebody falls in love with it and then it's out in the radio, it's number one. That can happen too. But yeah. in my case, it needed 102 visits. And uh, I think I would have done another hundred if it would have needed that, but because um, I also realized that it could be better, the music could be better, and I don't know, it was a nice learning learning process as well. So, at what point did you start it? Started to aim to the, as you can say, to the foreign markets. So, were you first playing here in Finland, or was it at the at the beginning already that? that you want to go abroad with, with your music? Well, I was writing songs in English ever since I was 16 years old. Yeah. Uh, my first goal, in a way, for the first album was to reach uh, gold status in Finland, which would have, those days, it meant 15,000 sold albums, and then to have a couple shows outside Finland and started with that. Yeah. Uh, but it would be pretty stupid to limit your, uh, let's say, market, only mm-hmm. the Finnish market, where you're actually losing a lot of listeners because of your language selection yeah. uh, or the your own choices but um no but then i mean as soon as we had a deal with uh, i managed to get a deal with bonnier uh music in finland they had their offices in scandinavia so i approached them and after yeah. that together with the bonnier guys uh we started approaching uh european players and luckily uh yeah we got lucky okay so so regarding like the target markets Did you have like some sort of clue that in which countries you're trying to aim at first, or was it just just to you know go all around? I went to Italy and France, uh, UK as well, Sweden, Norway, um, everywhere. But actually, to be very honest, the guys at the at German EMI was the label back then, EMI Capital. Uh, Daniel Schmidt and his team. Uh, they fell in love with this song called Fairy Tale Gone Bad. Yeah. And on the first meeting, he said, like, this is going to be a fucking huge song in Europe and it's going to be number one in Central Europe in the radio. And I was like, well, that sounds like a uh, like, uh, chat that I actually like. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, like I said before, uh, with EMI and, and uh, German Capital Music, I felt that I found a team who fell in love with the project as it is. Of course, they wanted to, you know... Uh, make the you know the the project even better and to find find ways of like bring it to the people um uh through promotion and stuff but uh i felt that with them i wouldn't have to change the core of the project so the heart remains the same and then we just put some cream around it and it'll sell better and you know yeah. succeed better so how did the fan base build from from there did you have like more fans at the time at germany or then from all around All around Europe or where? Uh, well, it started here in Finland. We played here a lot. We played a lot of small shows, and then we realized that actually more and more people started coming. Even before the first album, there was already like two, three hundred people that came to our shows, especially in Helsinki. Yeah. 
have because I actually uh, sent them text messages uh, two nights before the <laughs> yeah. show and like you, <laughs> you, you got to be there. Yeah. But I don't think they came there only because of the text messages. But then uh, pretty much it started working in Germany. Working means that we had like 60 people or 40 people. I never forget the first show in Berlin. It was a place called Magnet Club okay. and its maximum capacity was 200 people maximum yeah. and we were uh, together with our drummer we were like uh, looking behind the curtain when people were play, uh, paying 12 euros for the ticket we were like wow we're so famous we were <laughs> paying tickets then Greece was the first market where it really hit like big time and then after that Germany Switzerland Austria and then Poland Eastern Europe and, and stuff then Sweden uh, we're still like uh, biggest hit of the year in Sweden pretty much after that and um yeah so the music industry works in a funny way if nobody likes you nobody really likes you and if yeah. it happens somewhere then people start looking at the project okay maybe we should do this too and it can be like a positive domino thing as well it can work the other way around too True. So. so if you could if you could go back in time is there something that you would have done different for example regarding business or how to build your brand or brand awareness or, or the band Is like no, yeah. I'd be pretty stupid to, you know, to want any changes in my story or the band story. Uh, there was always like plans and uh, mood boards and uh, roadmaps and stuff, and they are very important, of course, all of them. But as a matter of fact, always in in the moment of what you, how you react or what you do, what your decision is, you make it with your instinct at the end of the day. And I'm very happy that I was always. Uh, brave enough to follow my heart like this song or this song or this tour or this tour or that partner or that partner and like uh, somebody said to me like you're stupid even Universal offered me a deal uh, in the beginning but they wanted to change the producer and stuff like I don't like the idea bye bye and I've, I remember going uh, down with the elevator like Samu you're the stupidest guy in the world you should have said <laughs> yes but something inside me said no so you play by instinct and if you uh are allowed to be a part of the story like this, uh, I, I think it would be pretty stupid to want to change something. This is beautiful. Yeah, It means that we did something right and uh, I did something right. So you told earlier briefly about what type of people and roles do you need to have around you so that you're able to build your own business. So could we go a bit like back to that? So is there like some roles that have like significant influence on where do you stand now of course yes and of course not i mean of course i mean i'd be super lucky also i made really good choices uh on who i chose to work by my side yeah i believe that well we go back to the core of the whole thing but your producer your musical team has to be amazing uh, otherwise you can't uh, get amazing results yeah but also on the business side Uh, I love people who uh, evaluate and estimate things, what is smart and what is not, but I also love crazy people. I mean, if you don't decide that you go to the next level in your career, like if you're not willing to do something totally idiotic, let's say, for example, when uh, I wrote a song called Hollywood Hills, the yeah. producer, a second producer said, no, there's nothing in the song. I just decided that I need to find a producer who likes it because I really love it. And as we were releasing the song uh, all over Europe, the record labels said that it's never gonna work. That you're making the biggest mistake in your in your career. And I was like, No, I'm not. 
I'm gonna do this anyways. It could have gone another way as well, but luckily this time the I was right, and everybody around me also supported me. Like, no, no, we we believe in this. Like, this this has to be it. Mm-hmm. So, I think the amount of uh, you know being able to analyze the moment, but also being crazy and like jumping eyes closed into moments because you'll you'll survive anyways it's just music and it's just music business don't do anything stupid that you already know that is a wrong uh, move or that it's you know that it's stupid never should do anything like that but you have to be brave and you need brave people around you who stand by your side and behind your back uh, when the going gets tough could you pinpoint some sort of mentors during your trip from from the beginning to, to the date that we Oh no. There's many. There's uh the first producer, Yuka Baklund, was amazing. He was like he told me eleven billion times that you are enough, your vision is enough, you're better than anybody in your own story, and nobody should tell you what to do, you already know. And uh, he was like the the guy who invented the whole journey of Sunrise Avenue. Uh the managing director of Bonnier Music, Anne. Uh she was like Uh, nobody understands anything about anything. We mm. just like follow your instinct, and we're gonna make it really, really far. And you need these people who, of course, they also said like, "That's a bad song. We're not gonna yeah. re- record that," or "This is a bad music video idea, whatever." But um, I think it's like a combination again about like building someone's confidence even bigger because superstars or super stories don't happen. Uh, by analyzing moments and making a good, nice, safe yeah, strategy. You have yeah. to be crazy. But um, then also, if you're about to step to the wrong direction, you need people to say, like, uh, I would think twice. And then you do what you do. But uh, I think especially in music business, you shouldn't be too calculative. You shouldn't be like, there's no safe way of getting great results. Crazy people have made the best shows in this industry. Yeah. Uh, And sometimes even probably not arriving to the studio with their own car <laughs> driving yeah. it. So yeah. it depends, but um, you can find a nice nice balance between those things. So what type of role does friends and family have? Hmm? What type of meaning does friends and family have when you're trying to establish that th- that type of business and build your international success story? Well, in the beginning. If you go to international success stories, friends are friends. Like yeah. if you ask a football player, what's the role of your friends? They are your friends and you actually yeah. need them a lot and your family as well. In the beginning when nobody is in the room listening to your show, it's nice to have your mom and sister there because it would be <laughs> yeah. even yeah. worse echo in the room without yeah. them in the room. But yeah. uh, friends are friends. I have a couple of great friends who are not from the industry at all and I play them the songs and they're like, I don't get it. Or... Uh, then maybe they get their goosebumps. And it's okay. If that guy gets it, it has to be something amazing. But uh, yeah, it's like in any job, you can talk about your job or you can show them PowerPoint presentations or whatever, but friends are friends and you shouldn't involve your friends, uh, friends to your team just because they're your friends. Yeah. So when you are trying to acquire more fans and listeners, From, from different countries. Uh, have you ever done like specific, you know, market surveys or build this type of, you know, plan that these are the customers that we want to have as our listeners or no. has it always been just like organic? It's not organic, but <clears throat> you. my job is to entertain people. Yeah. And uh, I think as soon as you go to the analysis world uh, in my field, you 
you destroy your business. It's very easy if you play a concert, uh, you can ask yourself after the show, did I entertain the last row or the first row of mm. the room? If you did, you know that they'll be back or some yeah. of them they'll be back. And you can also uh, ask yourself if the song comes out of the radio, that is this touching somebody, is this entertaining? My job is an entertainer. It's not, uh, you can't calculate it. I have to be good every night. I have to be, uh, every time the song comes out of the radio, uh, it has to touch or move somebody. Yeah. Of course, the labels and the, and the agencies, they, let's say, plan their marketing channels and timings and uh, collaborations based on what would work. But uh, in my position, you never think about these things. If you start, let's say, like target grouping yourself too much, yeah. you might actually lose somebody who might be interested. And uh, there's a lot of parameters you could use, but I never, ever think about those. My job is to entertain and to express feelings. So how about some sort of conclusions? If there are viewers and listeners who would like to become international superstars, for example, our video guy Ville, if he would like to become the next Samu Haber. Don't, be, don't become the next Samu Haber. <laughs> there's, there's much nicer ways of doing, being a star as well. Yeah, so, but is there like some sort of tips? Because th- there's a lot going on. So if there's like young shots who would like to become the next international superstars, are there some sort of tips and guidelines how they should proceed and build their careers? Well, it's actually very easy nowadays because everybody's uh, pushing their uh, Instagram follower numbers and everybody's uh, spending time <laughs> on social media. But yeah. if I would want to be, uh, let's say, even local or international star with music, I would just try to find out which kind of music I really like myself. I would try to find people around me who like the same style. Then I would challenge the package a bit and like try to make the show or the recording as entertaining and touchy as possible and emotional. And then I would go out and do it. This is what a lot of people don't do, which is really weird to me. Yeah. Uh, go out and play. That's where music actually happens. That's where you can stand out from the digital noise out there. I would play a lot. Then I would find partners who believe in me, who are, of course, challenging me every day and asking the right questions and stuff, but who actually love the core of your whatever it is. And then I would do it a lot. Then I would find the people, first the partners who love me as it is, and then after that, maybe it takes like a hundred visits to show a concert place or whatever. You will find your stuff and your uh, fans. If it's meant to happen, it might take time. But uh, nobody will come and, and pick you up from your home. And uh, it's actually even more fun when you go out there. And if you have one person in the crowd, that's great. If you have 15, it's amazing. If you have 55,000, it's a lot of fun. And I recommend everybody uh, to follow your whatever crazy dream it is. But yeah, do what you really like. Do a lot of it. And, uh, you know, find people who love the same idea. And it can be amazing. It can take at least 100 meetings. It can first. take 500 meetings. And yeah. in the first show, we already had an album out and we were playing in Kankaanpään, Kultain and Kukko in the summer <laughs> of 2006. And yeah. there were four people wat- uh, watching the show when we were radio number one in Finland. Yeah. So four people. And we had a deal that if there's more people on stage than in the crowd, <laughs> in the crowd we don't have yeah. to play and we get the get the compensation, but we still wanted to play. So we wanted, we would have done it even for an empty room. But could you pinpoint like 
What are the first doors that you should knock? Yourself. You have to find what you really like. That's nobody in these music studios where we're sitting today or in record companies or press agencies or wherever. Nobody will tell you what you are and what you are good at and what you love. You have to find that first. And this is where a lot of artists that I also work with every day because I have a management and there's a dozen people that I'm trying to help take steps forward. Uh, it's tough for them yeah. because these trends and this Spotify 100 top whatever charts and, you know, Justin Bieber is doing this, should I do like forget about Justin yeah. Bieber and Universal and forget about everybody else but yourself. Yeah. If you find what you truly love, then you can be amazing in what you are. If you don't know what it is, it's impossible for anybody else to to support you in that. So you have announced that uh, you will have your last gigs during this year. So do you have some sort of clue what will happen to Samu Harbor next or within the next few years? I don't know, really. I was 16 uh, when I established, I started this, so uh, it's been 26 years, so I don't know. There's going to be a book out and there's like a lot of offers from movie world and then you could do television and you could. I'm going to help other artists and stuff, but I don't really need a plan. It's going to be nice not having a plan. And first of all, first we play the shows. There's 19 of them all over Europe and uh, let's enjoy those. You also have a management company of your own. So what type of artists are welcome to knock your door? Everybody who knows what they want, we are really, really happy to work with. I mean, not everybody. But, uh, <laughs> no, but we're like, yeah. we're not looking for uh, new talent at all. But uh, every now and then somebody who's, um, I don't know, who looked in the mirror enough many times knocks on our door and then we open the door and then we start the journey together wherever it takes and they are more than welcome they are more than welcome hey thanks Samu for your time thank you and uh, to all our listeners and viewers we'll see you guys on our next episode Poskoranen over and out ciao